As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I am your host, Josh G. And before I get to my guest tonight, I just want to take a minute and say thank you to Best Film Ever for helping me have the best month ever in the month of August. So I want to say thank you to all the guys over there, Ian, Liam, Ethan, Georgia, and Ellie. Thank you guys. Uh, appreciate all the promoing. Without further ado, let's get to our guest for the night. She is a freelance horror writer. She, this is our All About Jaws special episode that I've talked about on Twitter a couple yeah. times. My own, this is my one and only Vineyard t-shirt. Is okay. that This is the only one I'll wear. It's like kind of okay, but you know. Okay, please welcome He's Azzy to the show. Here, it's like totally not cool to wear a Vineyard t-shirt. God. <laughs> this, one, this one actually, my friends are like, oh, that one's really cool. Where'd you get that? I found it randomly. It's, it's like all the names of the town squished together, and it makes a little vineyard. It's very cool. Very cool. So this How is Azzy, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> well, yeah, just talk a little bit about... Well, talk about your writing first. Tell everyone about your writing, where they can find it. Um, let's see. Well, mostly, I kind of randomly started doing it just writing reviews i actually have a science degree and i was a hematologist for a long time but um i started having some back issues and i have um fibromyalgia and uh so that got to be impossible so when my son well i'm from martha's vineyard and you know, I, I went to college, I did all this stuff, and, you know, I was in New Orleans for a long time, blah, 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 I was, like, moving around here and there, I always did radio, um, I was a DJ, and I think I'm hopefully getting my show back here, so I was always sort of, and then, like, I started off as an English major, and I always liked writing, but knew there was, like, no money in it, and so as soon as I got knocked up with the little guy I said I gotta go back to school and actually get a degree in something I can do so but that led to problems and I couldn't do that so now um he's all grown up and I can do mommy gets to do what she wants now which is like really fun I'm gonna do that in 21 years so yeah so I just randomly started writing reviews and things and just sort of sending them out to people and seeing what you know what interest was there and um and there was some actually <laughs> surprisingly i mean i just like what I, I just still do like i'll just pick i try to pick like the platforms or whatever that you know people use on twitter um like prime or netflix or um tubi or shutter or something so people can find these movies, but it, it's such a, um, when the new movies come out, it seems like there's such a rush for everyone to do a review on that. It, like there's a lot of pressure there. So I like to kind of go back and be like, Hey, do you remember, you know, this random one and, you know, do something. So I sent them out 
and people were interested. And then the website, the promote horror people, um, interviewed me for one of their, uh, women in horror month, like back in February, which was cool. So I had some more people. Um, and then Mar at, uh, theboldmom.com, the horror experts. I do a lot for her. She's awesome. She's great. And I don't know, for some reason she likes the way I write. And, um, so she, she's like wonderful. So, and she'll let me write like a lot. And sometimes I just don't know. It is hard as a, like when you're doing reviewing to, especially with the new ones, too, is another thing that, it's a hard line to like how much do you say and how much do you not say? So at least if I'm picking older movies, I mean, if you haven't seen Jaws, which came out in 1975, well then, you know, spoiler alert, guess what? I mean, the shark like eats people and stuff. So that also gives me a little latitude that I like and, and being able to pick the movies that I like and that I know is also, are that, I think I know. <laughs> and sometimes it turns out that I don't know them as well as I thought. And I do tend to do a ridiculous amount of research because I do have a science background, but, and I love doing the research. And that's part of the thing I like m- most about it actually is trying to find things that maybe other people haven't seen or didn't know or, you know. So, yeah, that's where that came from. And of course, you know, I grew up on Martha's Vineyard, so it's, you know, it was, you know, people, I swear people think I'm making stuff up, but it's just, we're so used to having movie stars here and movies being filmed and musicians and we, we just, it doesn't like, it's just really like, it's, it's just part of like growing up especially back when I grew up, like in the seventies, eighties, it was a kind of different, but, but we don't bother them. Nobody goes up and interrupts their dinner and asks for an autograph, like an ass, you know, you're just like, Oh, Hey Bill, what's up? You know? So it is sort of a, a little bit of like a charmed existence here. And you just, you do, you sort of like get to know. So that's why, especially with Jaws, I mean, that was, I was four and I remember seeing that mechanical shark coming down my main street, Bruce. And that was, um, that was amazing. I mean, I, you know, I was, my dad took me and I was just remember that thing. I wasn't scared. I was like, I was just absolutely fascinated with it. I thought it was really, a horror lover was born right then and there. Boy, my dad, though, he had to hear about it for, like, my God, it must, my poor, my mother must have screamed at him for two hours straight for bringing me down there to see it. She was like, <laughs> when she up with nightmares today, you're the one that's going to wake up with her, not me. But no, I thought it was cool. And all my cousins were in that one, the first one, because they were older. And so... Now, then, of course, I got my chance to join in the fun and the revenge. So, you well, know, we're going to get there in a little bit. Let, <laughs> let's, let's stick with Jaws first. But I yeah. promise we we're talking about the revenge. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, really worth about five minutes worth of talking for it. Maybe not even that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you think so? Uh, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the worst one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
So that is sort of how it all came along. So it's also like a newer thing to me. I mean, I've always done writing and stuff like that, but um, yeah, that's whole and just with Twitter, you know, I mean, it's like everybody, they're all, you can find whatever you want on Twitter, honestly. All right. So you mentioned seeing Bruce as a little kid going down mm-hmm. the main street. So this one, this is obviously kind of a joke, but we got some questions that we want to sprinkle in throughout this. Cool. This one comes from Nathaniel Barbarian, and he asks, is Bruce as mean in real life as he was in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> when I saw him, it was only like they had three different sharks that they used. So it was like one was like a full size. Then there was like the left side, and then there was the right side. And I do believe it, it was the right side I saw of Bruce coming down. But yeah, um he didn't apparently I mean I was only four. He didn't scare me to death. But yeah, they named him Bruce. I mean that was Steven Spielberg because he couldn't stand the damn things and they kept breaking down and getting water logged and everything. So he was like asshole shark, you know, like called him Bruce, which was the name of his lawyer. So <laughs> go ah, figure. There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. All right, so I'm going to tell, tell you a quick story real quick. Last year, I was doing a different podcast at the time, but I had done a guest spot with my boy Brendan on the Daz Worldwide podcast. Mm-hmm. He, he had me on since I was the movie guy, and it was a movie quote trivia. And, of course, the quote is, you're going to need a bigger boat. I'm trying to be nice because I know I'm the movie guy, and I'm like, you got it, Brendan. I'm going to let you have this one. It's easy. And he just sits there stunned. I don't know it. I don't know it. what i'm like it's jaws fine i'll take it i was like i told him i was like you're getting called out for this you missed i can't believe you didn't know you're gonna need a bigger boat as jaws that's like the most famous line of all movie history i thought it it, it, it is i think it is i would put it yeah there although people do misquote it a lot and they say we're gonna need a bigger boat but that 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 is true i agree with that but he does say that after after it he does say we're going to need a bigger boat. He'll, he says it again. But the first time he says, you're going to need a bigger boat. Exactly. And that led me to when I first put out the uh, asking for questions, this was just a comment. And this comes from the Nerd in Texas podcast. And she says, <laughs> when it comes to boats, size really does matter. <laughs> I would say, um, judging by Quint's dismal end Every time I see that movie, I just want him to not die. I'm like, please let this be the time Quint stays alive and he doesn't die. And he doesn't just slide into the shark's mouth at, oh, (laughs) unceremonious, terrible death. But, yeah, he dies every time. And maybe if they had had a bigger bow, they could have done it. But, you know, Quint was all heart, man, you know. Yeah. Yeah. bitch right here this is Quint's bitch oh yeah <laughs> yeah Quint's bitch that's me he's actually based on yeah i don't know if you want to get into the movie yeah right? let's, let's let's go let's talk he, about he Quint. was actually based off of or steven spielberg based him because there was a book and then in the book it took place actually off in new york like montauk or something and um so 
eventually had a different guy in his head when he wrote the book, but Spielberg met Mr. Kingsbury, Craig Kingsbury. He was this total character, this fisherman that lives or lived up island, like, you know, where the cliffs are and stuff. He was definitely a colorful character. Um, and he's in Jaws. He plays... He plays a fisherman. He plays Ben Gardner, actually. And um, he's got, like, a plaid hat on. You see him a couple times, but he's most famous for, like, the biggest jump scare probably in the whole movie, which is when Hooper goes down, you know, to, to check out the boat, and there's a dead body there, and that, that's Ben Gardner. You can hear him... It's funny in the movie. I mean, just because I remember him from when I was a kid, you know, and you, you hear him in the movie and I don't, I mean, personally, I don't know where Robert Shaw came up with that accent because nobody talks like that here, including Mr. Kingsbury, but he said, he would say these very strange, odd things, like just randomly and, you know, just one of, you know, like kind of an older guy, like just random like, whoa, you know, you'd be, but like, you know, uh, dollars to donuts or whatever, but he would say it wrong. Like, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, dollars to apples or, you know, he would just say it wrong. And I guess Steven Spielberg just would sort of take snatches. He would just sort of over like listen, eavesdrop and, and take some of his little Kingsbury isms and use those, you know, as, as fodder for the movie. But you you do, you hear him talking a little bit. And, and even when I watch it now, I'm like, God, I don't even know. I think he just said that, but I'm not sure. And, like, it's just funny. So, and, I mean, he was a harmless thing. But, you know, just cool fisherman guy. And there's lots of those around. Got any other cool stories you want to tell? Right. Into some of these other questions? You can do questions. Let me put my old lady glasses on there. I can actually kind of see a little bit in here. It's so dark. I know. I started... It was the first major motion picture ever filmed on the water, which Steven Spielberg said he completely regretted after. He was like, oh, you know, he, he should have done it. He was like, I could have done the whole thing on a soundstage or, you know... No, he wanted to, he didn't think he would get the right feel if he didn't do it on the ocean. So, but it ended up just being, you know, a complete nightmare for everybody involved, apparently. Yeah, like the, just the logistics of the shark. I mean, there was no underwater filming or anything like that back then. So the guy who did the cinematography actually had to come up, make, like an underwater camera, you know, but had to jerry-rig the whole thing because there was no such thing, really. And, like, a big movie camera and taped it all up and put crop all over and scraped it together. But, of course, that would fall apart. And then... So that's when, like, the Bruce thing started happening with them calling him Bruce and just, you know... I guess it was... You know, and... Oh, and I know another thing, too, is in the book... I don't know if you've actually read the book, and it's been years since I actually read it, but... I have not. In the book, Hooper and Mrs. Brody have an affair. Oh. Yes. And um, Spielberg was really adamant 
about taking that out. Um, he didn't want to put it in the movie because he knew they were going to have that big scene on the boat where, first of all, he just thought that camaraderie of the three guys would be ruined, like going out on the boat, you know, the three of them, which, the, you know, the whole thing is different in the book. But so there wouldn't be that kind of camaraderie. It would be weird, obviously, if Hooper was having an affair with Bernie's wife. But, um, you know, and then Quint's giving that Indianapolis speech. It just wouldn't have the same brevity, I guess. So he took that out. But uh, they, yeah, they actually... Like, the, you know, the orca is pretty much falling apart, that whole movie, like, literally. And it was, like, in real life, they had to rescue him a couple of times. Like I was saying to you earlier, it's funny how they, they cut that movie because they're going from so many different places. Like, you know, when you live somewhere and you see a movie, you know, like any place, like any, most places, you know, anywhere that. You see a movie that's filmed in your hometown or some place you know really well, and you're like, wait a minute, he just walked out that door and now he's in Menemsha? Like, how is, you know, it's a little, you're like, ah. So, but he did do that. Like, he cut it all crazy like that. But I mean, luckily, most of the time when they were in trouble, they were sort of in the shallow or beach water. That was another reason why he wanted to film here and not. Um, cause they had thought about doing it in New York, but on the vineyard, it's, you can go way, way out and it never gets deeper than 35 feet until you're probably like a, maybe a mile or so almost, I think. So that was another thing. Um, yeah. So literally the boat was actually falling apart and that's why they had the stunch boat, the Orca 2, which was here literally for 40 years in Menemsha Ponds. They just sort of left it here. And it was fine. Like, all these years, nobody's ever touched it. It was just, like, one of those things that we had. Oh, yeah, the Orca. That's the Orca. When they did the 40th anniversary, all these tourists came and just ripped it apart and just took it for trinkets. I mean, literally, there's not a splinter left. I can't believe it. So You know, let let me ask this. I got something... My buddy Tim from the On Second Watch podcast, he asks, what is the strangest thing you've seen a, the Jaws superfans do when vidding, visiting the vineyard to celebrate their obsession with the film? Since you talked about that, it kind of led into it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like there's, on a, in a, like a, on a general basis, people don't get like super crazy about it unless there's really kind of something specific going on for it, which... I try to avoid at all costs. Like that 40th anniversary thing, I was like, nope, locking the door. I kind of wanted to go to, Greg Nicotero came here, but, and I kind of wanted to see him, but I was like, it's not worth the trouble. But for that thing, it was stupid. And like I said, I mean, they literally ripped this boat apart. People were wearing these stupid shark foam head at things and just it was just it was in yeah it's insane and i mean of course if it does whatever town you go to there's jaws stuff t-shirts hats uh everywhere you know but that year especially i'm wondering if the 50th one is gonna be even more crazy i hope not but (laughs) it was 
I mean, and I, so you do have to wonder if people are, you know, with the the straws and the, it, it was just, yeah, like, and it, it kind of, you know, it makes it less cool. I mean, uh, clearly the movies got less cool as they run on, but, uh, you know, this, you know, that was for the, the first, you know, the 40th of that, and it was, yeah, I mean, there aren't even that many people that are actually still alive from it. The lady that played Lee Fierro, she played the the little boy who gets eaten on the raft. Her son, and she already looked, she was way too old to be playing like an eight-year-old mother's, uh, she was like 46 or something. But and she, she lived next door to my and my best friend in high school and she and her girlfriend were like nasty. And, um, she thought she was all that, but I just, she just died last year from COVID. She was 91. I had no idea she was still alive. I mean, how did she outlive all these? I don't know, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and uh, so, yeah, that just stupid you know, but people do that with a lot of stuff too, like you know, with t-shirts and hats and and some people are nice and some people are not. I mean, I can't believe like anyone would go and take the orca apart. Like, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. That's what made me I mean, want to ask that. Gone. Dude, forty years mm-hmm. it sat in Menemsha Pond, and it is gone. There is not a shred of it left. Oh wow. Okay, so that that leads me to this next question. I don't know how I don't know. Maybe you you should at least have some spoken history because you weren't around too long before <laughs> Jaws. But my buddy Brad from the Watchers podcast asked, "How different was tourism after the movie came out?" Oh yeah, uh, let's see. Before the movie came out, let's see. Right now. We probably have a pop a year-round population on a vineyard of about seventeen thousand, and in the summer it goes up to about two hundred thousand. So that's why we get really cranky and stuff. So if you if you ever meet anyone else from the vineyard, they'll be wicked cranky like me, especially yeah, first weekend in August. This is like the worst month here. This Back is the then, worst month. August, yeah. Because it's usually when everything's going on. I don't know why, but they put the fair, the illumination night, and the fireworks all in August. So it's just a bloody nightmare. And I happen to live on one of the busiest, like at the end of really busy street. And it used to be dry towns everywhere. Like it was, this was the only town that had all alcohol. So it used to be worse. But anyway, so back then... I'd say in 1975, I think the year-round population was probably only about 5,000, and then I think it went. I think it doubled. I would say at least after that, and um, because it really was, it was so different back then. You know, I mean, it was just you could still actually buy property here. You could still, you know, rent somewhere <laughs> and raise a child and it didn't cost five million dollars but um yeah it, it it definitely it made it huge and then you know then part two came out and they filmed the beginning of that here and part three i don't know where the hell that 
something came. That's not even really considered part of it. And then, of course, four. So that that was a little another little boom there. But yeah, so so it doubled the population. I mean, not year round, but definitely in the summer, people they dig in it. Okay, and then well, once again, this leads to another one. Mm-hmm. This is my buddy Jeff, and he's going to ask a question about Jaws the Revenge later. But let me give him a shout out now, Jeff Hunt. Mm-hmm. My best, this is my best buddy in podcast, and he he does. Jeff needs help. Jeff needs sports. He started the Off the Ball Sports Network for podcasts. Oh wow! But and you kind of you kind of answered this by saying August, but he he wanted to know is July Fourth really the most important day there? But it doesn't sound like it. No, it's not really. Um, we don't even. They do have. Fireworks in Agartown on July 4th, but they they suck. They're terrible. They're not like, it's not like a huge major show. Agartown, like you see in Jaws and also, you know, Chappaquiddick, there's another one. There's that, uh, the wharf down there and the Chappie Ferry is like goes back and forth right next to that wharf. Oh my god! I just got something else in my head. Wait, what? Wait, what were you asking me again? I totally um, about July Fourth being the most important oh, day. Um, yeah. So they do the fireworks down there, but it tends to be it. There's like one way in and one way out of Egertown right now. That's just the way they set it up several years back, and it, it's a nightmare. So you don't catch any locals down there really, unless you have screaming, nagging kids. They do. A big giant fireworks thing in August. <laughs> Don't ask me why. I mean, people do, obviously they do come and they party for July Fourth, go to the beach, blah blah blah. But yeah, I mean fireworks. I actually, you can go down onto the beach, and if you sit on the right beach, you can just look right over to the Cape and watch like three three towns doing their shows at the same time, which I always okay. thought more fun but yeah it's it, it just it, it's weird here yeah it's um seems to be it like it's starting to get busier earlier and then people stay longer it used to be labor day and boom this place was, sh- place was shut down like done over with and that was another weird thing in the movie anyway about that jaws i mean july 4th too was they were making such a big deal like that was the beginning of the season which it never has been in it's always been um, Memorial Day weekend, the end of May, into, you know, when the kids get out of school, like mid-June. And um, people are here. They're here. They are firmly ensconced by 4th of July. They're already here, you know. And you can't even get a reservation on the boat, like, if you don't make it way in advance. So, yeah, you would... That was all kind of wrong, but I think they just wanted it to to be, I don't know, to have some sort of, like, this, it, it, the be-all, end-all, you know, because it is, it, and it is still, obviously, and it will forever till this place sinks into the water, but, you know, it's a huge argument between the local locals and tourists and the tourists are you need us and the locals are we hate the tourists and you know so <laughs> it's back and forth and it's a true both ways really yeah but it, yeah i mean the house and but now it's like they've been staying way past till at least columbus day in october a lot of people have been staying longer 
global warming. All right, yeah. so we know Jaws is kind of famous for having a, a long production, right? Yes, it was, uh, yeah, way, like 100 days over. So over I was going to say, I have, I have two questions from my buddy Cam from the Spy Hards podcast. First, he wants to say, because of how long the production was, how prominent did the cast and crew feel in the community? God, I mean, I, I was only four. Yeah, that's, that's what I was wondering about. But the thing that was weird is they changed the signs all over the place to Amity. And, like, I, I lived in, I'm from Egertown. That was where a lot of it took place. And so they really changed, like, my first Bangoria magazines, you know, my brother and I used to go by with our allowance was uh, at the where he's going to buy the signs and the pens and everything to make the uh, no swimming signs. I'm like, that's where we used to buy our Van Gogh's. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but so everything. So, you know, when my dad brought me down there, I was like, did we move? Like, I don't understand why everything said Amity. But they did it all over the island. So it wasn't just one spot. It was like right. everywhere. It said Amity, like on on everything from, and like I said, you know, because they're switching back and forth with shots, they're walking out one door, then all of a sudden, you know, they're at the lighthouse in Gay Head, which is, you know, a half an hour, 45 minute drive from where they just were in South Beach, total opposite end. Um, Dan, you might, might be able to help on this, I'm not sure. He wants to know the perceptions of the production at the time, because I'm sure people were not happy it was taking so long. But versus the end result and the legacy it now has. Um, well, of course, people make a ton of money off it. I think at the time, people, I mean, people, I don't think were that irritated because it was okay. clearly like the first huge movie that, you know, I think we were grateful to have um, that income coming in here because we had never had that really before but of course we didn't have the amount of people either back then what really pissed people off was when they did jaws 2 people th then it was like getting old i guess by that point people got pretty irritated and i guess from what i've heard that you know a lot of the locals weren't quite as pleasant we're kind of putting up signs like you know uh like gone fishing or like you know wouldn't open up their uh storefronts were damn well weren't gonna put the amity sign <laughs> back up again that wasn't gonna happen and um so uh i think by then but you know <laughs> yeah especially back then because it's not like we're in Boston and it's like major traffic that has to be shut down or anything like that you know I don't think it was that huge of a deal, but I don't know. I was just trying to think of like anything else that like as big as that, that's been filmed here, but I can't really think of. I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to be bigger than Jaws. So <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, I mean, like I said, the first one, everyone wanted to be in it. They, you know, it was great, you know? But a fourth one, they were paying us all to be in it. So, <laughs> yeah. I promise we're getting there. We're getting no, there. No, it's really, no, it's, it's all right. But yeah, it did. It went 100 days over schedule, which uh, I guess Universal wasn't too happy about. 
Uh, no, it was only supposed to be 55 and it ended up, or maybe it was 159 days at one or something like that. Ooh. That's a long time. You know? That is a long time. That is a long time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here's one uh, you, you may know the answer to. Madison on the air. She asks, whatever happened to Pippet, the dog? She's like, she understands that he was so loyal to his owner that when he was missing, and yeah. they were calling for him off screen. They could barely hold him back. So she wants, she wants to know about Pippet's happy ending, living his life out on the vineyard. And did he ever have any descendants? Has he had any puppies or anything? Do I don't know? know anything about that dog. It's so funny because people do remember that dog. And um, I mean, and you know, he clearly got eaten by Bruce. But do you know how many black labs are on this? <laughs> you know there is a store called the black dog okay so there are about five million different black labs and yellow labs on this island and no i don't he was he was he looked like a good little little man that that dog he was pretty cool and that beach it's so funny because that's where the girl drowns in you know so they're it, they're like going back and forth you know from these beaches but that's that's where she drowns. All that stupid stuff that's there, like the changing rooms and the shark. None of that crap is really there. Oh my god, I was like, that is so tacky. Like you always see pictures from like you know eighteen hundred and fifty where there were changing rooms on the beach, but no, they don't do stuff like that here. No, bring your towel and your blanket and. Deal with the sand fleas on your own, then you got pee, you better go in the water because <laughs> there's no bathroom. So you, like, why would you need a bathroom? You're like in the ocean for crying out loud. Crazy. It's like the first thing you learn on Martha's Vineyard. Boy or a girl, how to pee in the woods. Gotta be able to do it. Oh, okay. First rule yep. of living there. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Why I yeah. I peed in the woods a lot. Yeah, I have too. So Girls, of course, they also have to learn how to wear a stash of Kleenex. It's very important. <laughs> what are you wearing? Are you bringing a purse? Yeah. So, uh, did you have another question? Oh, yeah, or? yeah. Yeah, Nick Lathan wants to know, were those paint-happy bastards eventually caught and hung up by their Buster Browns? Pretty famous paint line. Happy? Yeah, the, when they, they find the paint. He says, find those paint-happy bastards and hang them by their Buster Browns. He wants to know if they ever got caught. I don't think they did. And they it got sounds, away with it. It's a good thing, too, because they would have got hung up by those Buster Browns, and that sounds like it kind of would have sucked. Yeah. You know, kids, they're just evil, evil menaces. Oh, and speaking of which, this might be a good time for the seaweed story. So, okay. So my brother that's closest in age to me, Toddy, is he's a year and a half younger than me. So this was probably like a, maybe they had just filmed part two, I think. Yeah, I think it was right around there. But it was still, you know, people really were super paranoid to go swimming. Uh, just when you, oh yeah, it must have been, because I remember that, that, tagline of like just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water and people i mean why they would come well brody in the movie was afraid of the water but he was afraid of drowning he had a very specific fear i don't know why would you come to martha's vineyard if you're not going to go swimming and there are no sharks on that beach anyway that 
the baby, the kitty beach. So we were at the kitty beach. My brother, <laughs> this is so bad. I wish he was here so he could take some of the blame for this because it really was his fault. But he, so we were messing around with my dad and sitting on the beach. And, you know, we're sitting there and we're kind of like bored, you know, nothing to do. So we started, we had like a seaweed fight on the beach, like right on the shoreline, you know, like not up by all the people, like down by the water because you had to get that nice wet seaweed to throw at each other. And it was great because it's that kind of bubbly sort of seaweed and it, feel, oh, it just feels so gross when it hits you. It's nasty and it was really fun to do. And he was like a little bit younger than me, so I could still nail him pretty good. So we were sort of running, you know, <laughs> up and down the beach like Sheriff Birdie was like, no, not to do. And um, we were doing that and throwing seaweed at each other. And then, I don't know, my brother just got this huge, giant handful of it. And I was like, oh, it's going to, no, I, I like, I, I ran into the water to try to duck down under and get away from it. And he just threw this huge handful out at me, like way over through it. And like, it was like, I don't know, this could only happen once in a cabillion times. This lady surfaced, this old, older lady, right as the seaweed is coming way over my head. And she's facing out at the ocean so she's not looking at the beach she's looking at the other and she had the bathing cap and everything like she looked like a jaws chick old lady and um she comes up and it was like it was like slow motion almost you know it was like like and just nailed her like right in the back and she screamed so loud and she was, I thought she was gonna have a heart failure. We my brother and I just froze but we were all like Oh my god! And we were like, we wanted to laugh, like we, you know, we're both like, oh my god, like you know. And I'm like, but it's not funny because this lady's super freaked out. And then my dad comes running down. He's like, what the hell are you guys doing? You know? And this lady starts yelling, and it was like it turned into this big huge thing. And the lifeguard comes running over, and oh my god, it was crazy. It was, so, but it was really one and a trillion shot that she would have just rose out of the exact moment Perfect. and I I was like I didn't throw it I didn't do it and my dad was like I saw you throwing it too you said this is not a good game for you to be <laughs> oh my god yeah we had <laughs> grounded no Fangoria magazines for the week I think after that one yeah <laughs> I feel bad for the poor lady <laughs> absolutely she just, ah, uh, oh, she just yelled out. So I could still hear in my head, like, how loud it was and how much I really just wanted to laugh, like, because it was hysterical, but it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Terrible. Very bad. Very bad children were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it did linger. The And it still does to, to this day, because now what's happening, oh, what I was going to tell you, too, is, um, is that great whites are actually, because of global warming, are coming back into this area. Actually, at the time when they filmed Jaws, the, you know, the tiger shark that they caught, which are actually the most common 
on the beach, the south south beach where they're partying, and before they cut away to the other beach where she's nakedly swimming, at south beach where a lot of people do go swimming, sh- there are tiger sharks like off because they do have shark. Well, they used to do a shark tournament every year here. I don't know if they're doing it anymore because I think the ASPCA got involved. We were all pretty disgusted. They would just hang them up like on all the harbors and you know our kids would and my kid would be crying like it was gross but that one at that point they were so rare that they had to go to florida and ship that thing up on ice and i guess by the time it got here it was pretty rancid like i don't think that scene where hooper's digging everything out of it is all that fake because i guess it was it was pretty rotten but now because so what had happened was that sharks did used to come into the area. There were a lot of seals that would be in between here and right off the Cape. And um, they got, you know, just hunted down and the population was decimated. But now because they haven't been, they're coming back and there's a lot of them. Like if you take the boat from here to the mainland, um, the real world, where I haven't been in way too long, clearly, you will see seals, like, you know, they sun themselves on the rocks and everything. And so now the great whites are coming back. They come up from Florida. And um, there's, so there's a thing you can actually get on your phone from O-Search, I think it's called O C. It's like O search, but you spell search with a C instead of an S. But they're the Woodsoll Oceanographic Institute, which is probably one of the biggest marine biology places in the country or possibly in the world. It's huge. They have a shark tracking thing. You can go online and see where all the great whites are hanging out right now. Um, I checked yesterday. I got to stop looking at it. I'm like, oh my God, they're like right here. But um, there's not a ton of them, but they're definitely, they know that the, you know, the seals are back and that's like their, their big, big thing. But I feel kind of bad for them. And they have like little pictures on their website of Freya and like, you know, because they tag them and they follow them and stuff. So I adopted a shark yesterday. I adopted, well, I'm waiting for it. They have to find one first and then they tag it for you and um, you get to name it. I'm naming mine Kwan Su, which uh, the local Indian tribe here, the Native American is Wampanoag and then Wampanoag, that means big, big fish, long fish. I don't know if it's going to be a boy or a girl yet, but I'll let you know as soon as I get that ultrasound my shark but um they do they come from florida and uh come up here now so it's sort of funny and my niece was absolutely petrified of sharks when she was little and i remember like every year the kids go on this big the black dog the people out on the black dog that have like ridiculous amounts of money they have this big giant they have two big giant wooden ships that look like old pirate ships you know they are really old and um the kids go for like a week or something and they just go like offshore and spend the night and learn how to be on a boat and like that or whatever but apparently there was a great white around for her uh for her field 
trip oh, when they're all in the water. Fun. They didn't make that too public, but they were like, okay, we're not in the water. So I, th I think it's kind of weird that they're like making a comeback after all that, you know, but they are. And, and, you know, where tiger sharks are more shy, the great whites really will come right in to closer because that's where the seals are. The seals don't go too far out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we'll get some tourists eaten by the end of the summer. Hurry up. And um and people won't come here next year now. COVID won't, <laughs> COVID won't keep them away. I don't think the great way I also, you know, speaking of those tourists, this last question before we I'll let you tell any other stories, but <laughs> this comes from my buddy Scott Snow host of the All the Hats We Wear podcast. And he basically, I think he goes to Martha's Vineyard like every summer for his vacation because Jaws is his favorite movie. In fact, he's the reason I, I decided to do this because I, I just saw that I saw that he had posted that and I was like, hey, I'm about to talk to someone from Martha's Vineyard. And he was like, hey, can you get me confirmation that that was the real meeting room in the film where they have the meeting? And Oh, the town hall? I guess that's what he's talking about, yeah. Yeah, yep. That was a real building. <laughs> then, now it's not. It's not there anymore. Okay. But at that time, that was it. You mean where Quint goes down the chalkboard, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. That was. That's typical. They definitely aren't any bigger or anything, <laughs> or grander, <laughs> or anything. I mean, what was I, I? I was looking at something when I was watching it last, and I was going, "God, oh, the hospital." I was like, oh my God, our emergency room is like exactly the same, except for nobody can smoke in it anymore. It's like the only difference. I swear to God, it's the same. Oh Nothing goodness. changes. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. So sad. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, that yeah, that was one of the few like um indoor scenes actually. Oh right. uh, on the Chappie Ferry, that's really the Chappie Ferry, by the way, that they're on. So when he takes Dr. Nevin and the mayor, oh, he's wearing that awesome, horrible jacket with the anchors all over it. Oh, it's so <laughs> gross in the 70s with a striped tie. And like that's how people dressed back then for real. Like it was oh, gross. Yeah, the on time. And that, that was the Chubby Fairy. And that was really, Dr. Nevin was my doctor. He's like the guy, he was the coroner in the movie as well with the like 50s glasses that he wore from probably the 50s until he died like in like 1990 or something. But yeah, he was really the coroner here and um, slash pediatrician, which is, uh, yeah. Interesting combination. Because everyone I know went to him, like <laughs> everybody. I don't think there was anyone else. So uh, I don't know. Odd sort of thing there, but he looked pretty cool there on the Tappy Ferry. I thought he was all like trying to, but yeah, those big giant black thick, you know, Coke bottle lenses and everything. I'm like, Mom, you can't even see. How can you bring him? Yeah, I'm trying to see if I made any other like. Exciting, cool notes. Um, yeah, any other fun stories or uh, tidbits we don't know about? 
Yeah, pretty much like Spielberg wanted anyone except for Richard Dreyfus to do that part. And he offered it to like everybody and everybody said, no, no, no. Everybody wanted to do Quint. And, you know, he just wanted Shaw for that. So actually George Lucas like convinced him to take Dreyfus because Dreyfus had done, I think he had done American Graffiti. Right, I think so. And then um, there was other some other stupid movie that he did that he thought was going to be like a big um, bust. So he was like, oh, yeah, let me get into this Jaws thing. And uh, so people will forget about that. And he ended up that, that movie. I, I don't know. I guess he was really good in it. People were like, oh, my God, this guy's great. So that was another bonus there. One thing I thought was funny in Jaws 2 all four of them right now, by the way, are on Prime. If you have Prime, all four of them are on for free. But um, in in the second Jaws, they have that scene where the um the orca, the actual that shark, the orca that they find on the beach with the big giant bite marks in it, which is absolutely insanity. Because an orca around here would be really really incredibly not never happened but the reason why they named Quint's boat the orca is because the orca is the only predator in the wild that the great white has so it having killed an orca I guess maybe it was supposed to show you the scope of how giant scary roof was (laughs) not sure what it sounds like but yeah, and I guess yeah, they have a lot of trouble with with Bruce. You know, the skin, the shark skin, getting wet and like then absorbing water and like getting all bloated and puffy and just not you know realistic looking. And uh, so I guess Spielberg just was going crazy like daily over it. Um, and then so the footage, you know, when Hooper goes down in in, in the cage, mm-hmm. actually. Um, I forget, they were like, they were, I don't know if they were friends of Spielberg, they were friends of somebody, or I don't know if they were even producers maybe or something. They might have been a couple of the producers. They went somewhere, but they used to go diving a lot and they went, they, it was like a husband and wife and they went somewhere like, I want to say, I don't know, Tripoli or somewhere warm and um, filmed, did some, they got like an underwater, you know, like a marine camera, not a film camera, but and um, filmed some great whites attacking some people that had gone down in a cage. So a lot of that footage of, you know, under there where the Bruce is attacking Hooper in the cage is actually real. Uh, so yeah, I think he was just like this. Yeah, can I just have that because I don't want to have to deal with <laughs> trying to film this? It's already a nightmare. Just give me the real stuff. It's fine. But um, so yeah, he. Oh, and because of that stupid movie that um, Dreyfus was in, I guess he. So he, when he was filming Jaws and stuff, I guess he was getting a lot of accolades, like you know, every show or whatever he was doing a radio or something they would mention it and how great blah blah and i guess that really pissed off robert shaw which put things on edge between those two which is like 
exactly what Spielberg didn't want by taking, you know, that whole affair thing out of it. But I guess also Richard Shaw decided he was just going to be drunk, like, throughout to being character. He, uh, yeah, so I guess he was just a raging drunk the entire film, like, the entire filming like he stayed he definitely stayed in character yeah (laughs) so he was kind of a pain to deal with i guess but oh peter benchley uh what do i have let's say so peter benchley has a little spot in the movie that um plays a reporter like when they're on the beach and um brody's in the shark tower and they showed this reporter comes up the beach in this, you know, 70s suit. And he's like on the beach. That's Peter Benchley, his little part. But he was not happy with the explosion at the end. Because in, in the book, the shark just bleeds out and dies or something. They shoot it and he dies. Which, ugh, come on, it's Spielberg. Like, he's not going to be happy with like that kind of an ending. So he was not happy with that so he i guess he said to steven spielberg he was like you know it's just it's just not a believable ending uh Steve, uh spielberg said um after that movie what i've been through and what has gone on through this entire movie he's <laughs> like this audience will believe anything that i put at the end <laughs> he was like <laughs> and they did they loved it you know he I thought that was kind of funny. They're like, they'll believe what I tell them at this point. I don't care. But he could just have the shark, especially for Quinn's sake. But I always thought, like, you know, maybe if they hadn't have blown him up, they could have cut him open and maybe Quint could have still been saved. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Come on. They could have tried. I mean, they looked for that little kid in there on the raft. <sighs> But I mean, he really did. He he ate him, and then like they just caught him so quickly after that. I was always afraid, like little bits of Quint. You know, they were blowing little bits of Quint around. <laughs> they yeah. probably were. They were. It's terrible. But yeah, I don't know. I uh, the little kid, Sean Brody was um, that played the youngest kid. That kid was like two years older than me, and he was like that big. He had like. Um, some kind of like Gary Coleman kind of thing wrong with him. He just pretty much stayed that side. He was just a really little guy. Oh, and, uh, yeah. He really he never he never grew much more after that. I haven't seen him in a billion years. Uh, but he, yeah, he was an Islander. So like there were a lot of Islanders. They did incorporate a lot of Islanders into it, you know, try to make it fun. And of course, much cheaper for them to use local people than shipping people over here. That is very true. And um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't think there's that much more exciting, really. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to get into it then. I want you to talk about what you did in Jaws the Revenge. And then I'm going to All ask. I did. All I did. I was just a choir girl. I mean, they filmed. It was only like the first 20 minutes of that movie is here. And the mean lesbian lady that lived next door. That was the mom of the kid on the raft in the movie. She was in it. She plays one of um, 
Mrs. Brody's friends. And, um, and so like the first 20 minutes of that movie, I know like everybody, cause they came to our high school, you know, they wanted from our band and, and the chorus, like my horse, I used to ride was in that first scene, that stupid jackass yelling into the megaphone was my grammar school music teacher. Oh, he's such an idiot. He was so overacting. it. I was like, dude, smoke some weed or something you're way <laughs> over the top like just stop but um so that was kind of funny and that guy that played son brody who gets you know his arm chewed off in the channel there he he had just started that show doogie hauser was on and he wasn't much older than us so he was just over like flirting with the chicks the high school chicks nice the whole time and uh but they really do, they use the soundtrack because I can hear myself on it. I didn't get paid extra for that either. But uh, I was uh, only, I was the highest, I was the only first soprano that was there that day. So I can hear, I can hear myself on it. But um, yeah, so it's kind of cool. Like in the beginning, it's the, um, you know, ladies to babysit for and the horse and all my friends and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was, that was fun. So, my buddy Jeff Hunt, this this is kind of how we got connected, was my old show did an episode on Jaws the Revenge. I think, oh no, really? Oh, you didn't yeah. tell me that. Well, that. That's my old show, not this show. That's not this show. Oh, jeez. Shame So, me. but, well, don't worry, because he wants to know. After you filmed it, and, you, and then you ended up seeing how it turned out, were you shocked at how awful it is? Were you just disappointed? Or do you just love it like he does? Because he loves Jaws of Revenge. Oh, no. I I was... My friend and I went... First of all, we were like... I was like, oh, my God. Like, because we had no idea they were going to, like, focus right in. I mean, there was, like, a whole chorus there. And, like, they picked... I think they they lined up the blonde girls clearly like on purpose because <laughs> you know, but we didn't think they were gonna focus right in on that. So I was like, oh, crowd chaw, you know, because actually, you know, I was just thinking I I had done a, another movie here before because I'm you know I just go way back with this whole acting thing. No, I was in another thing with uh, Christopher Reeve did a movie here called The Bostonians. So that was another that was another big movie that was done here when I was 13. So that was before Jaws. No, before Jaws 4. But Right. Um, so, yeah, I was like 13. But but so, but so we were just we were amazed because I was like, wow. And my friend was like, Jesus Christ, you know, like they're really, you know, you're in it like a bunch there. And then the rest of the movie were like, what? Is it, wait, did the show? <laughs> all of them no like this is absolutely atrocious we couldn't i can't even i i can't sit through it i mean i think when we went and saw that one time at the movie theater i think was like the only time i've sat through the whole movie because even if i say oh you know i'm in jaws 4 or something and like if somebody wants to see it i'm just like okay but to only watch like the first 20 minutes don't <laughs> do not even get involved with the craziness that happens in the caribbean there you don't want to go there it's just two hours of your life or whatever that you're never going to get back and don't blame me but it is it's funny because people like i said other people don't believe it either like they they're like oh wow you know like 
I don't think I'd really be able to see you. I thought you were like in a crowd shot or something. I'm like, no, like I'm right there, you know, which we had no idea. I don't know. I was probably high as a kite at that point. Who knows? <laughs> um, it was really cold. I just remember it's freezing and we're like right on the water. But we got paid 75 bucks. Big money. Big money. Well, there you go. So I'm going to have to go back and watch this opening now, you know. I'm like the third one in, yeah, it's pretty funny. I have like blonde, blonde hair. And well, we're all, yes, literally, there's like three blondes, like, boop, 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 right in our mouth. And nobody can hear him screaming because we're singing these stupid Christmas songs. And my jackass music teacher is screaming into the megaphone. And he was, um, and all I can remember is him screaming into that. I don't even remember like who was directing it. Like if anybody else was actually doing anything because he was so loud and so obnoxious. But that was that was him. So yeah, that's really there's no other redeeming value of that. Like if I wasn't in it, I would never have watched it. I don't think, or I probably would have, and then been even more pissed because they're really yeah. And to sit through it. <laughs> it's so bad. But the one I don't get is the one, three. I mean, that Jaws three had nothing to do with any of them. It's kind of like Halloween two, or no, how was it two or three? Halloween three. Three. That's what you're thinking about. Season of the Witch. The third one don't make sense. <laughs> like they could, they don't consider that one part of the Halloween franchise. Like the third Jaws in three D with Dennis Quaid. Like what? Is, had nothing to do with any of it which i mean on its own it's not that horrible and i guess it was kind of cool because it was in 3d but i don't know that was just random that was so random i don't know all right you got any other stories you want to tell i don't think so that's probably no that's fine this has been good this has been good this has been fun Uh, yeah i mean there's only really so much you can do with it but, I mean, the first one, obviously, it's like a classic. and I think everybody agrees with that. That's an amazing movie. And, you know, like I said, my kid was probably hanging out with him tonight. And, <laughs> and uh, not that you're not a wonderful host, but. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm no Spielberg. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> uh, it would have been fun to go to that. Uh, people, see, they still complain it doesn't matter. Who it is, who any nothing. They people have to complain on this island about something. So, and he gave him a whole free fireworks show. All right, Azzy, I think we're gonna wrap this one up. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online, where they can find your work, real quick? Um, let's see. I'm on. Uh, I'm MV Glitter Girl at MV Glitter Girl on Twitter, and I'm on Facebook under Azzy Azimuth. And um, oh, it's Azi. Yeah, by the way, and um, actually, all my stuff pretty much is on my Twitter page. I think I need to organize it a little bit better. Like I need to organize <laughs> the rest of my life, but um, so that will happen eventually. But uh, I'm usually writing stuff for um, theboldmom.com. And I'll have one, I got to get one into her like this week, probably. So I'll have another one coming out. I'm not going to tell you what. I never do. I always keep a big secret. 
Um, but yeah, so just kind of around, you know. All right, and as Bye. always, you can follow the show at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to come back next week as it's my birthday week, so I am covering Ooh, my yeah, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. I am covering my favorite movie, The Silence of the Lambs. But I'm oh. not putting myself under the spotlight. So I'm getting a writer from Forbes.com and a box office expert to come in. Scott Mendelson will join wow. the show. And there's, it's a lot of Silence of the Lambs talking. It's a lot of box office talk, which I personally love. So if you like numbers, you're going to really enjoy this really. show. Well, happy birthday, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Until then, you guys take care, and I'll talk to you next time.